All right, it's the Sacred Fire Liberty. Uh, That's happening every Thursday here. First hour of the show with Jonathan E. Moore. He's got an interview in the midst of our interview, but we're going to do both. We're going to do it all. And uh, there's some updates on Tim Kaine corruption. Oh, my gosh. Also, uh, stunning enough, the CDC had crafted a letter about myocarditis related to the, the COVID injections, and they never sent it. Also, Supreme Court Chevron deference. We'll ask Jonathan E. Moore about that this hour as well. Then we've got to talk about some child trafficking issues at our southern border in hour two. Lots of questions of the day. The homeopathic hit of the day is in the ocean. We're going to bring it out for all y'all. Iodine, no, maybe a little bit. Thyroid, yeah, stick around. we got a lot of healing to go. Let's get Jonathan E. Moore in here as soon as possible. Go. Robert Scott Bell Show. Scott Bell Show. Now, the voice of health, freedom, and liberty. Here's Robert Scott Bell. Well, let's get right to it. Jonathan E. Moore is going to be uh, uh, doing double duty with interviews out there as he's uh, reaching all of Virginia and the rest of the of America with a message of health, freedom, and healing liberty that we bring to you every week with him. And uh, you've got an interview scheduled uh, in about 15 minutes or less. Uh, so squeezing in some stuff this hour, and then you'll be back with us by phone. Tim Kaine, corruption. Uh, they go together. <laughs> yeah, I mean, people don't... Uh... Uh, think about this, but really, because he was part of the Clinton Kane campaign, he really was fully in, informed about the whole thing with Hillary Clinton's uh, personal server and the transfer of uh, secret information from her personal server to, I mean, from the State Department to her personal server and the violation of the Espionage Act. He stood by her, of course, all the way through that corruption. And so he's got the taint of Hillary Clinton all over him. But in addition to that, Robert, uh, he was the subject of an ethics probe for giving favors, basically, to his wife. Uh, and now we see it happening again. This, the Ethics Committee of the Senate warned him about that, and he did it all over again. Appears not to have taken heed, and he has uh, ensured that uh, benefits have flowed through to George Mason University to aid his wife, I think, in large measure. He's a corrupt guy. I mean, from the beginning of his career, in uh, running for mayor of Richmond, he's been backed by George Soros at that time, 25, some 25 years ago, 22, 23 years ago, whatever. He uh, received $50,000 for the local race that he ran in it for mayor of Richmond from George Soros. And he's been a buddy of George Soros ever since. He uh, uh, just a few years ago, he had uh, an Instagram page on Scott or uh, Alex Soros's Instagram page shows a picture of, of Tim Kaine and Alex. And under it, Alex Soros writes, I love this man. That's because they got such a close relationship. Remember, these are the people that advocate open borders. These are the people that advocate defunding the police. And these are the people that advocate uh, uh, anti-incarceration prosecutors. So these are the people that are keeping crime on the streets and allowing crime, criminal elements to come through our border and no vetting of people coming across the border. And Kane has done absolutely nothing, zero big goose egg uh, on all of these issues because why it looks like the influence of Soros is rather great. And no wonder Alex loves Tim Kaine, but this corruption right here 
helping his wife, using federal power, using his position to benefit her at George Mason University by getting uh, grants and so forth to go to George Mason. That is the quintessential example of a Washington insider using undue influence to help his wife uh, get somewhere, and it's corruption. He goes after Republicans for conflicts of interest, but when it comes to a conflict of interest of his own, oh no, the rules are different for Tim. He has one set of rules for himself and one set of rules for the Republicans he opposes. Well, I know that, uh, dude, we, we're we going to stand against, if we do, corruption. We don't care who does it, Republican or Democrat. But it just so happens that you're running against that guy for U.S. Senate. And uh, we got to point out the things that are not supportive of the people of Virginia, much less this country, uh, that have to be, you know, these things that are broken have to be broken even further to get them out of the way. Well, so that we can need to remember, Robert, you know, it was the clinton Kane campaign that bought the Steele dossier that was they then directed to people at the FBI who were in cahoots with them to come up with this whole false uh, uh, President Trump interference with the election narrative through with Russian influence. That yeah. whole thing is totally false. They were the origin of it. Kane hasn't taken responsibility for his part in that. The Clinton Kane campaign is up to its neck in complicity in getting that bogus steel dossier and then paying for it and then having it given to the FBI. And then the whole time when they had no evidence against President Trump, it was Tim Kane among the chorus who was saying that we have the evidence that shows that Donald Trump attempted to collude with the Russians to interfere with the 2016 election. So Kane is absolutely corrupt, and he is a person who does not deserve the support of anyone, mm-hmm. let alone anyone in Virginia. Yeah, well, I know right now that we're looking out for folks in Virginia that want to help gather signatures to get on the ballot in every uh, political subdivision in Virginia. And if you'd like to volunteer, reach out emord4va.com, E-M-O-R-D-4-V-A.com. I'm working on getting back out there to help, Jonathan. You know that we're working on the scheduling for that. So we'll hope to be at some events and uh, get get you all the way there, uh, emord4va.com. Uh, Jonathan has to leave us in just a minute because he's got another interview. Who's the interview with coming up? This hour. TNT radio. TNT so. radio. Excellent. Well, I'm glad when you can get out anywhere because we all know you, not that we don't want you here, <laughs> but I want you back because this hour, when you're done with that interview, we'll connect with you by phone as you head to another event. And I believe tomorrow, Robert, I'm interviewed on Newsmax radio. So that'll be good. Oh, that's great. But one other thing, think about this. If you don't talk about it, I know that you don't need to get warmed up for it, but the Supreme Court is getting ready, maybe to get rid of the Chevron deference uh, policy, which could be huge. And we'll talk about the freedom that could be restored from that. In addition to the things you want to do in the United States. Senate. Yes, sir. So I'll be on the phone, Robert, and I will talk to you here in just a little bit. As soon as I get off this interview, I will shoot you a text and then you can get me back on. Um, so bye-bye for a moment, everybody. <laughs> See you in a bit. All right, go slay him there at TNT radio, Jonathan E. Board, sacred fire of Liberty hour. He'll be back a little later, maybe the bottom of the hour or so. And uh, we'll continue on with our our wide variety of discussions, including, as I said, the Chevron decision many years ago at the Supreme Court level gave great deference to the regulatory agencies like FDA to make law in violation of, of the constitutional provisions of where law is made and written in the in the uh, in the Congress, for instance. Uh, so in addition to the things Jonathan would do uh, to uh, correct those errors in the United States Senate, 
uh, we could see something at Supreme Court level potentially soon. Uh, and I'm fascinated to hear where that's going to go because, look, freedom of speech, y- you think you have it. Many people have realized that it's very limited in, well, the last few years when, when the COVID craziness hit. And why COVID became a political issue it, it, to me, at this point, it's clear they're playing the classic Hegelian dialectic. They're thinking, how do we make this, you know, the, the crisis? How do we not let it go to waste? How do we divide people that normally would be getting along? Even if you have a different political belief about thing or things, how could we separate people in America and make them fear one another, loathe one another, hate one another, et cetera, uh, to the point where, we can't think clearly because we're so filled with rage and hatred. Are are is any are any of you tired of being manipulated and played that way? And when I say this, this doesn't mean we can't have distinct and genuine differences in in in, in political opinions and things. But by and large, you figured, you know, we're all Americans, and we figure out, you know, a way through this. We'll get along, and and at least we find some common ground in, well, freedom of speech, maybe. But when you have people abandoning that principle because they don't like what you say, it's very short-sighted, dare I say it naive, but again, this is this is what happens when you live in the emotional bandwidth that you have. You don't think clearly about what inevitably happens as the political winds shift, right? You like that you control the speech right now, for instance. It's like, I've got... You know, I've got all those people that are anti-vaxxers. I've got them in a vice. We're, we're banning them. We're deplatforming them, et cetera. And then what happens when the shift happens and then somebody else goes into government of a different political persuasion and they utilize the same tools you used against them against you? Then suddenly it's it's out of bounds. It's not good. Where is the recognition, historically or otherwise, that we limit the government's power so that there's a wide variety and 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 you know even a diaspora of, of opinion. In other words, we're not all to be monolithically you know aligned in everything, except I think fundamental principles. That is, you know, freedom of speech, freedom of religion, right? These kind of things that we we can go about our lives as Americans as long as we're violating the rights of nobody in the process, and we can pretty much do and believe what we want. Wouldn't that, isn't that kind of cool? Don't you like that? I like that. But we have degraded through fear, porn, pop propaganda to the point where we don't, as a nation, as a people appreciate freedom of speech anymore. In fact, we really like that corporations, whether they're overtly or covertly in collusion with government that has been captured by pharmaceutical interest we're like cheerleading silently. I mean, I say we here, probably not here. I think you guys and gals in the Robert Scott Bell show audience are not like into that. Maybe you were at one point, you switched around and realized, oh my gosh, you know, I, I realize now the first amendment is about defending the speech that I don't like because who, who needs to defend speech? Everybody likes. And so we're at that, uh, again, that moment in time as we're hitting the political year, 2024, where a lot of votes are on the line and, even as I am not, I don't perceive that voting is the answer to everything, but I also don't say, well, doesn't matter at all. As I say, if Jonathan E. Mord were to get in the U.S. Senate, would it matter? Well, it doesn't change everything. 
But do we not all have a sphere of influence in our lives where we can impact the lives of others, hopefully positively, through aligning with principles that you know, defend the freedom, bodily autonomy? How about that? Since when did we abandon the idea that we should have a right to decide what goes into our body? and not allow a government agency that has been captured by a, a pharmaceutical firm that benefits and profits by injecting you with things that you, you, you don't want. We clearly don't want. Some of this, I feel like it's so remedial. It's like, how did we lose our way? Except that we probably got a little bit lazy. Things came too easy. We you know, have all the distractions in the world, most of us don't go hungry. You know, you could struggle to buy the kind of food that you'd like. But I mean, for the most part, you got a roof over your head. Most of us, again, it's not to say everybody's in great shape, but the reality is in this country, we've had it pretty good. When you see poverty in the United States of America, historically, you know, in recent times, these are people with TVs and cell phones and maybe even cars and things. And yeah, they're, they're not doing so well, but my gosh, look at poverty. If you visit it around the world, whether you go to India or Africa or other places and you recognize the people who are in poverty in America, uh, it's quite a different experience than other places around the world where you are looking to eat scraps of anything. I have uh, traveled around the world. I've had the great, great fortune of being uh, invited to places around the world. Also, I've traveled for church-related functions as well, if you can call it that, yes. Uh, you know, on witnessing some things that I would have never been exposed to other than reading about in a newspaper or, or maybe you read a book about these things where you've seen it firsthand. If you've been to countries where those that are impoverished are like, man, nothing like those that are considered this in a similar situation in the States. And so we get very, uh, let's say, disconnected from harsh realities on planet Earth, really harsh realities. We've also, in America, the United States, because North America is somewhat isolated, been largely buffered, if you will, from overt warfare on our shores for a long time, since, you know, War of 1812, different things like that. I mean, you go back historically, there hasn't been a lot of overt war in the United States, although we would describe the wars that are being conducted in the United States are conducted on us by the government, like the drug war. Now, whether you like certain drugs or not, you want to, again, the war on drugs has what? Has diminished the freedom of the people, their ability to be, uh, you know, secure. <laughs> and, and this doesn't mean I endorse everybody should be on whatever drug they want. That's not my perspective either. But the war on something ends up bringing more of that about think about the great society coming through uh lyndon baines johnson the war on poverty has it solved poverty how about the war on cancer in nixon's years early 70s particularly that declaration has it solved cancer no i mean you you might argue hey they threw you know trillions of dollars now at this thing and there's as much cancer or more in young people than than ever before how, how's that working out? Now, those of us who know how to address things like cancer, because we understand the causal connections between toxic burdens, endocrine disrupting compounds, uh, right? Now we know the, the, the xenoestrogens from plasticizers or the nanoparticles of plastic and the relationship to all kinds of aberrant cellular metabolism. You know, see, here's where we could align with, you know, those that seem to have a wide division. People who are environmentalists, and people who are conservatives that they claim, oh, you don't care about the environment. I've tried to argue that 
No, I mean, if you're really conservative, you do want to conserve the environment. You just have a different way of going about it versus, you know, a totalitarian centralized bureaucracy control versus uh, free market initiatives. Even Bobby Kennedy, who is a history, again, in the Democratic Party with his family through the 20th century, has acknowledged there's been a, a massive failure in protecting the environment by strengthening government bureaucracies because of regulatory capture. So, it, you know, these considerations, these discussion points ask us to kind of mature up a little bit. Instead of getting off into our little corners and hating on one another because you're not the kind of environmentalist I, I like, right? You begin to say, hey, what really would succeed? If you are really invested in protecting, for instance, the environment, what's failing, what's succeeding? You would analyze it and go, man, some of my belief systems, as much as I really would like to cling to them, they're not working. If I really care more about the environment than my political ideology, might I expand? Like, And I give props to Bobby Kennedy for going, well, yeah, it isn't as simple as going, give the EPA all the power in the world because we find out that they're captured by the polluters. <laughs> and once again, if you, as uh, Ron Paul had said years ago, and many others that understand this really well, the most efficient way to defend the environment is to defend private property rights. Now, I realize if we go back historically to uh, various uh, cultures, like we go into what we call Native Americans or Indians, and, you know, they might not believe the same thing about property. Like, how do you own parts of the earth? I get that. There are philosophical discussions and even spiritual discussions about that. But when you have private property, it's in the interest of whoever is owning or controlling it to protect it. To utilize it so it's not wasted, it's not becoming in, uninhabitable, and in the case of somebody adjacent to that piece of property, that other person has a desire to keep their property clean and not polluted, and if the other person that has the other property pollutes on you and it affects you, you now have an action against them for violating your rights. As opposed to the government then going, you know what, we're going to protect the polluters against the people who are claiming they're being polluted on. I know th th this is not easy because it's not a superficial discussion of, of, of environmentalism, for instance. But if we want to change and transform and be more honoring of what we, we say are natural resources, it's best to be invested in outcomes, be invested in the, the land itself, and also to realize that you're liable should you harm somebody else and their property. And by the way, the ultimate private property is not necessarily land, but it's your own body. It's that bodily autonomy issue. We come back to that fundamental freedom. How do we defend that? And why is it that that has become so divisive where left and right aren't seeing eye to eye on bodily autonomy? My body, my choice. Anybody ever heard that? And then we saw that under the, 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 you know, the campaign to inject mRNA into everybody. And you think the people that were into bodily autonomy for certain things would be like, yeah, I embrace it everywhere. But no, 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 it's only about this. And it's true. There are aspects of that on the other side of the political fence due to belief systems. And then we come to a federal one size fits all scenario not really designed to do that constitutionally. If we look at the beauty and the wisdom of the founders, it was we don't want the centralized bureaucracy dictating to everybody other than basic things that have been basically enumerated within the Constitution for it to do. Otherwise, the states are the kind of proving ground, the experimental ground for freedom. You get to try things out, see what works, see what doesn't. And so when we come into the issue, the, the divisive issue, for instance, of abortion, 
it has always been a state level issue to decide, you know, when does life begin? You know, and there'll always be disagreement about that. But because of that, there's always going to be some states, despite what everybody that believes one thing about it wants to eliminate it. There's always going to be some states that are going to go, no, no, we don't buy that. And in fact, you know, we talked about that in Virginia, how there was a big push to eliminate abortion to a great degree and it lost. And, you know, a significant part of the electorate didn't like it. Significant part of the electorate did like it. But honoring at that point and, and working to advocate for your belief system, that's one thing. But the autonomy within each state, you'll find some states will, some states won't. And then you're gravitating toward, I guess, what I call your state of consciousness, finding places that are more aligned with your belief system. And there's nothing wrong with that. And we t talk about being a tribal species, the human species. The question is, is it in the best interest of the tribe to declare war on other tribes and be constantly at a state of war? Or will that diminish our ability to survive, much less thrive? And I think it's pretty obvious. And when left alone without third party competing interests from above manipulating us through Hegelian dialectic, emotional pleas and anger and hate inducing uh, dialectics, if you will. Outside of those things, you find out that even if you're part of one tribe, you're, that tribe, the people in it are way better off when they're getting along with the other tribe, even if you have disagreements, as opposed to open warfare, declared warfare, seeding rage and hatred. I mean, is this part of the teachings of whatever religious belief or, 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 or spiritual belief that you have, you are set down here on earth to be angry and hate people and declare war on them. Do you, th do you think that might be a manipulation from what some people call Lucifer, the adversary? It's a, you know, think about that. Can we step up and see through that instead of falling prey to the manipulation that's so easy, seemingly so easy because they know the button to press. They press this button and suddenly... You were aware one moment. Now you're like, oh, I'm I'm angry. What What is going on here? You know, and you're looking. It's like, who did that? What did that? And then consider the invisible technologies out there that are probably contributing to the angst and the anger from time to time, the agitation, the aggravation, all the advances in technology done irresponsibly without acknowledging adverse consequences, for instance, of a 5G tower outside of a school or anywhere for that matter. As much as it's brought convenience and the, the free flow of a lot of information that has been beneficial, is there a downside? Arguably, yes, there is. But the industry that profits from it doesn't want to con consider that because they might have to take responsibility for injury and damage. And we've seen this most overtly with the pharmaceutical industry and their so-called vaccines. But just like the tobacco industry decades ago, and now, of course, uh, we talk about the telecommunications industry being rife with suppressing information about the harm that could be just turn the juice up and you're suddenly seeing people become angry, right? So there's invisible forces as well that are designed to divide us, to keep us from recognizing as Americans, we can come together even in disagreement and go, you know what? We want to defend something in common. We believe in the freedom of speech, freedom of religion, right? The freedom not to be, you know, violated by government or anybody, that kind of thing. I think it's pretty basic. It's like amazing how far we've strayed from that, especially again, when you get to election year stuff, you know, it's just too easy to play, you know, the one side against the other. And then, you know, it's my team against yours. And that's where a lot of people, many, many of you in this audience too, probably acknowledge like, you know what? I don't like to play that, even though, look, I like and respect immensely, as you know, my good friend, one of my best friends in this lifetime, Jonathan Emord. 
because of my relationship with him and my knowledge of him as a man of integrity, someone who really believes in the Constitution and who defends people with whom he disagrees. He does. Wow, isn't that amazing? That's pretty mature spiritually and constitutionally that you don't see him going in to, to, you know, to the U.S. Senate so he can take revenge on people he disagrees with. No. It's like, what is the role of the federal government? Well, let's look at the Constitution. It pretty much says it. Let's correct the wrongs. Let's do that. That's good. I think that seems pretty simple. Now, having him there is not enough. We know that. I know that. But it means what? Living differently. Each and every one of us. Compliance is futile. (laughs) Non-compliance or disobedience to unconstitutional government prohibitions or mandates, that is, I believe, a calling of a higher order. Say no, nullify, disobey that which is unconstitutional, that which is not supported by the founding documents that really support what? Not one party over another necessarily, but a form of government that limits the actions of government against our fundamental freedoms that are granted to us, our rights from a far higher power. Whether you call it God or something else, whatever your belief system is. So as we talk about from time to time, you know, politics that we get, you know, once a week, a little bit more over in that with Jonathan E. Mort on the Sacred Fire of Liberty Hour. It really is. I, I believe it so wholeheartedly is invested in the principles that defend our individual liberties, our freedoms. And in, in some ways, unfortunately, it lends itself to an easy. I don't like that group. I don't like this group. I love this group. I love this group. And so there's always going to be some folks that tune in and go, I can't believe he said that. This is why I don't do this every day. We don't dive headlong directly into some of these issues every day because they tend to be more divisive than helpful. But it doesn't mean I'm ever going to abandon my bodily autonomy and defending my family from invasion of anything. And then we look at some other uh, controversial issues that shouldn't be so controversial about a nation. A nation under the law of nations has to have a border and has to have some level of border control. What other country do you know of you can point out is going, yeah, come on in, everybody. We don't care who you are. Don't yeah, It doesn't matter. So you got people coming into America right now that have no knowledge and no investment in the fundamental principles that I think bring more alignment than discord in America to Americans, a love of freedom. If we have it now, I've been a stickler about, you know, I mentioned the word democracy. It's nowhere mentioned in the founding documents as a form of government we're supposed to have. And you have candidates on both sides of the political equation or persuasion saying, yep, democracy. Mike, look, especially if you're a lawyer, You got to understand in the court, if you use a a word, you better know it's definite definition within that framework or else you're going to be, well, at a loss or you're going to lose. And why democracy is not an ideal form of government in its its purest forms. It's not to say there aren't good things about voting or, you know, having a representative, perhaps if it's in a working scenario or system. It's not to have a representative that would rule over you or lord over you like previous forms of governments monarchies, et cetera, but it's one that would be working within the binds or the confines of the constitution. I know it's a, it's a big ask, but democracy at its purest form 
this is really just for new people. You guys bear with me for the old folks. <laughs> you guys have been here for, not you're not necessarily old, but you've been here a while. Two oncologists, because in, in the healthcare realm, I talk about health and healing and health freedom. Two allopathic oncologists, you know what they do. If you, go, if you have a diagnosis of cancer and you go to an allopathically trained oncologist, what are your options according to them? So if we want to have, oh, let's let's vote on what we should do for you, what should be available for you. Let's say you are, you've been a longtime listener and viewer of the Robert Scott Bell Show, and you you tend to gravitate more toward holistic medicine, homeopathic medicine, herbal medicine, detoxification techniques, or maybe even integrative allopathic IV technologies or, 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 or therapies, which your oncologist is largely not going to do based on his training, his or her training, and or restrictions under the license where they're controlled by licensure. And so if you have a pure form of democracy, you go, hey, you know, if it we're a democracy, it's all about freedom, let's take a vote on it. But you have the majority or a supermajority that believe in allopathic oncology. And so you want to vote on what kind of treatment you get. And you're, hey, look, there happens to be one homeopath in that group. You know, if it could be two versus one or it could be 100 versus one, whatever it is, voting on, hey, what shall we do for your cancer therapy? The homeopath votes, hey, you know, how about uh, organic food, detoxification? Here's some remedies to support your liver. We even have some SAR codes that are made from cancer or disease tissue. We can apply homeopathically to alert your immune system. It's like, that's voted out immediately. You're, you're hosed, you're screwed. Now, interestingly enough, some of the story or lineage here, uh, if we go back to Jonathan E. Mord, he wrote um, the Access to Medical Treatment, uh, Treatment, Treatment Act uh, when Ron Paul was uh, in the legislature as in the House of House of Representatives. And he wrote that year after year. It, didn't, it never went anywhere. And then uh, Rand Paul went into the Senate, his son. I don't know how they reworked it a little bit, but it was basically the essence of what Jonathan Emord put out there. He got it to Trump, whether you love or hate Trump about any number of things. I wish we could get get off of the I hate totally or I love totally and just say, hey, you know, this is good. This is bad. I agree with this. I disagree with that instead of getting into the personality stuff. But OK, put that aside for a moment. He got to him and Trump made it a priority. And I don't know, it was his first or second year. He's like, yes, this right to try. We should ha not have people that need experimental treatments for deadly diseases, cancer or otherwise, wait for an FDA group to approve it for them. There should be a freedom to choose and you should know the risk and then decide if you want to take them and not have the FDA uh, stop you. And it never went through until he came in and he's like, we got it. He forwarded it. He went to the American people, Congress, everybody who could oppose that. And it was, it was a success. So things that are impossible can become possible. And for those that think voting is worthless and Look, I'm with you there. I get it. I'm not totally against that thought form. Wish it wasn't that way. But if you put someone like Jonathan Ebord, or if you know someone like that into office, there is a sphere of influence that they will have to impact those around them. This is what we call spiritual consciousness. And I'm not talking about any one religion because everybody's got their beliefs or memberships or not. But if you have a belief in something as fundamental as freedom that goes to the heart of our existence here in America in particular, but other places may pay lip service to it. Sometimes we only pay lip service to it. You'll find that just as you found in your own sphere of influence, have you ever interacted with someone with whom you disagreed and their perspective as they related to you caused you to change your view a little bit or a lot or the other way around? Have you ever been in that situation where that person that disagreed with you, you were able to connect with them 
in a way that they received information and said, oh, well, I didn't have that perspective. I, you know, and then they changed their view. So, you know, this is where we get into the absolutes of some people that are like, yeah, voting is worthless. It's nothing. So like, and again, I get it, but it, it's maybe, I don't know if it's ignorant or if it's just an emotional place or space right now where you think it's all futile and we're all doomed. I don't want to live that way. And I know probably you guys don't either, but there are many people that have that belief. And then, so they, they, they would condemn anybody who participates in the system at all. But in life, we have a series of choices to make at every moment. And one of those is to engage some of us. And Jonathan has taken that call to, to run for office at any level that could be. I'm not interested in that personally. But would I like to see him there? Would I like to see his sphere of influence be expanded into an area where it needs a little bit of constitutional goodness brought into it? Yeah. Are we arguably better or worse for that? I think we're better. Does it change everything? No. But to say that if someone participates, they're just wasting their time, energy, and effort, I guess you could make an argument for that at any point in time. But is that really supportive of life on planet Earth and the various beliefs that, that exist out there simultaneous to your beliefs that might not be identical to them? So I, I ask, as I you know had a great conversation with Leslie last week in our Sunday conversations, enjoy and respect. It's in, you know, if you don't have to over, you know, stamp of approval, everybody who you disagree with, that's not what I'm saying, but recognize there's a wide diversity of experiences on planet earth. There are various states of consciousness that exist within one country, much less one community or one family. Do you love your kids, even if they live differently than you would like them to live? Or do you ab abandon them? What is taught? You know, if you get into a Christ-like view, I, I don't know that the idea of shunning someone with whom you disagree is really what we're asked to do. I do recognize that if somebody is abusing you and won't stop, that there is probably, I'd say probably, I'd say definitely a righteous action on your part to go, you know what, I'm cutting, cutting you off. I can't interact this way because it's just pure abuse at this point. And you're right in doing so. It doesn't mean you have to do it in hatred. You could still love them and pray, et cetera. But I'm asking again, could we appeal to a higher um, state of consciousness, a mature state of consciousness that recognizes, yep, there are people that'll screw up. In fact, I've screwed up many times in my life. Can I have a little compassion? Maybe I don't know why they're that, that way. Maybe I would engage in finding out what happened in their life. Tell me about a little bit. Why do you believe what you believe? That's why I like doing those Sunday conversations. And sometimes they seep into our weekday show as well. Why do you believe what you believe? We do really well to engage with people that we have disagreements to ask them not necessarily what they believe, but what was their experience that led them to where they are today? And you may have, you may find you have a lot more in common with them. And then the compassion you didn't feel moments before you might feel great love and appreciation for the diversity of the human experience. Again, where do I draw the line? When somebody violates my right, as we go back to life, liberty, and, and property or pursuit of happiness, basic stuff in that. I think that is a fundamental golden rule concept, if you will. You know, here's the line you don't cross. You don't take away my ability to make choices about my life, my freedom, as long as I'm not violating yours. We could find a way to get along because we have a lot more in common there than we have distinctions or differences. So if somebody is advocating to violate your right to life, liberty, property, okay, there is a, a clear opposition standpoint where you can't ignore that. And sometimes you can't, persuade them even intellectually. And those are challenging times for all of us. That could happen within our communities, within our families, et cetera. Uh, but again, the higher, if you will, response, 
could be very subtle and quiet, prayerful, contemplative, meditative, is to give unconditional love. And just, you know, ask, if you will, that you be enlightened <laughs> so that you can see through or past what's occurring there, deeper into why something may be occurring. I know it's asking a lot. But I ask a lot of myself in that regard. So I, I tend not to try to ask something of you that I wouldn't do. It's kind of like, you know, if I were up here eating like the fast food garbage I grew up on the first 18, 19 or more years of my life before I found natural medicine, homeopathy, organic food. And, you know, if I were eating the, that kind of food I grew up on and going, y'all should be eating organic food, right? And I tease Super Don, you know, about that's how often have I yelled at him? How outrageous that you don't do what I do. <laughs> It'd be worse if I, if I did that. Not that it's good that I would ever do that, but if I did it, especially if I wasn't doing <laughs> that, which I tell you, you must do that. Right. How have my children grown up to honor, uh, you know, I, I think a key principle in health to eat cleaner foods because that's all we ever did. It wasn't like we, we did it on the weekends and the weekday, you know, or vice versa. There weren't exceptions. When you find there's an exception to a rule you have, the kids will see the exception as the rule. Do as I do, not as I say, if I'm not doing it. And that's not to tell you to do it. It's like, hey, if you find out, hey, that dude's per doing pretty well, what's he doing? How did I learn to do what I did? That dude who was way older than me was doing a lot better than me in my 20s and he was on death's door in his 40s. And I thought, oh, I think he's doing something that my, I could benefit by. What is that? And I said, can I learn from you? Tell me, teach me. And I could get all of that out so that I can help myself. Yes, selfishly initially, but really there was always a strong desire in me to say, hey, if I can do it, if I can get well, man, maybe other people can too that are as bad or worse off than me. And so, you know, a big part of what drives me on this show is the excitement I get knowing that people who may be suffering in ignorance, didn't know, didn't know, like I didn't know, have the capacity to achieve miracles. And I say miracles, miracles uh, uh, change state of consciousness, really. Because that could be a miracle. He's like, that, that guy will never change. And he changes. That gal will never change. And she changes. It's like, there are a lot of people invested in that person will never change. Look, granted, there's a lot of track record in history of some people you think hmm, some people do die and they don't change. But there are cases, and that's where I like the focus of people that hit that wall and they decide I can no longer do what I've always done and expect a different result. And so I like to get out of the way and allow folks to make the changes where if I believe, oh, they'll never change. A tiger never changes his stripes. What about a human being? can change, can choose, and choice. And that agency, isn't that the gift besides life that is one of the greatest, if not the greatest? That we can choose to do better, to be better when we learn, when we maybe suffer enough. Sometimes it takes that suffering. It did for me. Sometimes, though, you can also look at other people's suffering and go, you know what, I don't want that to be mine. What did they do that resulted in that? I'm going to make sure I don't do that. And in those cases, you're doing something I think that is greatly, again, spiritually mature. You're recognizing a cause and effect in something or someone else and realizing that applies to you too. And you're like, if I engage in that, I could end up in that circumstance. I'm not going to need that experience to learn the hard way to not do that. <laughs> That's not to say I've never been so stubborn that I had to have it the hard way to figure it out. But there are a lot of times where in my young life, 
I, I look at this, my, like my example is my sister. She has, you know, same family, a couple of years younger than me, completely different view of the world. And I was frustrated and angry about that. I'm like, I wanted to protect her as a child to, do, to not do the things I did that obviously were wrong or, or would hurt me or hurt her. I'm like, oh, don't do that. This will happen. But she insisted to do it. But every time I interfered, even in a physical way, you know, you can't, I'm not going to let you do that. It ended up blowing back on me where I ended up getting hurt in the same way or in a similar way that would, to me, it was God's messaging to me to say, freedom. You believe in freedom. You say you believe in freedom. This doesn't mean letting a small child run into a traffic jam and getting run over. But as we mature and become more adult-like, that if you prohibit people from experiencing things you know are not right or good, that you are violating their fundamental freedom. Therefore, you take on a debt as well. This is, you know, at a higher level, as we talk about uh, what I call spiritual laws or principles, this is the dilemma of the healer. Someone who genuinely is invested in healing and may have the capacity and figured out the ability of how to take away suffering, whether it be laying on of hands or some other technique. One of the risks of doing that is if you don't know how to transmute that energy or whatever that experience is from somebody into the ethers, into the spirit, into the God realms, that you then take on that debt or burden and you end up suffering with the very similar same symptoms that they you took away from them. And you may have taken it away before they were ready to have it taken away, even though they pleaded, begged, I want this gone. I don't like to see people suffer, but I've recognized too that there's a purpose in it. There's a great purpose in it. And in my life, that purpose drove me to do what I do today, to be who I am. And if somebody takes it away, it's much like, you know, uh, an emperor moth trying to get out of the chrysalis. And you want to help it as it's struggling mightily to break free of it. You just put a little cut in the slit in there and it comes out and the wing is not strong enough. It can never fly and it perishes. There is a reality there that it's hard to see from a limited state of consciousness. If we get more into a, again, a spiritual outlook, a mature outlook and recognize that everything has its purpose in place. We might not like it, but there's a design so that we could choose. Choose what? Choose God. Choose love, choose freedom, choose to help instead of harm. Those things come with maturity and we can easily be manipulated back into immaturity through pressing the right or the wrong button. And that's the point of where we're going, I guess, in the selection cycle. Are we going to fall prey to the hate mongering, the, the, the distinction? And there are distinctions in terms of who people who believe in your fundamental freedom and want to defend it and those who don't, who want to take your freedom away. As I talked about it, you know, for, for me, it's a spiritual issue fundamentally. Yes, it can manifest politically in many ways as well, but that's where I try to get it beyond just easy right, left, or, you know, name the D or the R. What principles do you live by? And are you an example of those principles for your children and their children or your community? Or are you living in hypocrisy? It's not a comfortable place to be when you get there. It's like, oh, but you can go into further states of dissonance by taking FDA approved drugs that, you know, knock you out of any consciousness, if you will, removing you from cause and effect. And that's also a choice, interestingly enough. And we have people are always going to make that choice, too. We may not never be able to prevent it totally, but that doesn't mean I don't strive and probably you don't strive to make things better, to try to do better, to be better, et cetera. 
And for me, that's what inspires me about all of y'all in this audience that, you know, that you're here at all inspires me is that, you know, maybe open to some of these things, or maybe you're well beyond me. And that's cool too. I love hearing from you in that regard. And, and, and having said that, please say hello in the chat room, where are you listening from? What you got? And we'll get there as well to uh, this hour next or the bonus round as we carry on in the Robert Scott Bell show. Now we've got some upcoming events I want to share with you, including the health freedom expo uh, virtual where Jonathan Emort's participating in that. Many of uh, my friends are uh, Brian artists and others virtual. Everything that we did in Chicago in October will be available in February 17th and 18th. And it's on the Whova app. You'll have three months to watch everything. There'll be, in fact, there'll be some new presentations presented as well. And uh, again, 35 bucks is nothing. Check it out. Trinity health freedom expo.com access it. And you will be benefited by that. Now, there are other things in the upcoming events tab at robertscottbell.com. We've added a, a, at least one, one new thing. But let's start with the uh, uh, Friday event. This Friday event coming up. And that is the key to elite performance, the oxygen connection. And we're going to be doing that with uh, John and Jason Hewlett, as well as Keith Clearwater, PGA you know, professional uh, golfer, champion guy. Amazing guy. We'll talk about that Friday. It's absolutely free. Four o'clock Pacific, seven o'clock Eastern. Sign up. Even if you can't attend live, that way you can access the replay. And that's after the show on Friday. Uh, we have a, a, a five-day plant-based challenge coming up that we pr put out there starting January 29th on my mom's birthday. And that's uh, uh, the Plant-Based Beginners Boot Camp. For those of you who want to learn more about how to do that. Look, it's not all about one way to go about it. It's a, certainly about getting cleaner. And that plant-based beginners boot camp could help you. And that's free as well. That went out in an email blast. We have the Autism Health Summit coming up. Uh, that is coming up shortly, uh, February 2nd and 3rd in San Antonio, Texas. And I'd love to see you there. There's CMEs and CEs available for professionals. And you can stream it as well. Atlanta's calling. We've got a couple of events. The World Wellness Weekend, 8th through 10th of March in Atlanta. And that's with the Warners. And then we have the third annual Next Steps Conference, the 14th through the 17th of March at Lake Lanier Islands Resort, Buford, outside of Atlanta. That's going to be amazing. Thanks, Tia Severino, for that. We just added a new event, confirmed it today. Be Healthy Utah is back. Sandy, Utah, it's out of Salt Lake. And that's going to be on the 19th and 20th of April. Great event. We've had fun there the last few years. And then the RSB family reunion for the show. It's for everybody. And uh, Sherry Neal, Scott Scherner, Leslie, of course, hosting. A lot of great folks are going to be with us 14th through 16th. That's the same time as the Red Pill Expo. And then there'll be more added in the coming weeks and months. So stay connected by becoming newsletter subscribers for free. Text RSB to 66866, 66866. If you send RSB in the text field to that number, 66866, you'll be prompted to enter your email address and you'll be part of that. We'll keep you informed on all kinds of good things. And one more thing, the 24th of uh, January, that's a Wednesday coming up, the next Zoom AMA. For those of you guys asking, hey, do you, can I consult with you, Robert? It's like, I don't have enough time in the day to consult with everybody. <laughs> I wish I could. And I do off the record. Shh, don't tell anybody. I talk to people all the time, help them. Uh, but it's a nice time where the community, the RSB show community gets together. As little as five bucks a month to have access to that. Once a month, we're going to do a Zoom AMA, and that's coming up 7 p.m. on Wednesday, the 24th, Eastern Time, 4 p.m. Pacific. And there's a lot of other good freebies you get access to, including the homeopathic hits in video form and now the detox dialogues and more. So there we are. Super Don, I want you to open up your mic. 
your camera. This is completely impromptu, uncalled for monologue yeah, extension by Robert Scavell. Apparently, uh, Emord's uh, uh, interview went longer than he expected. It's, it it's was. going longer. Uh, That's a good yeah, thing. Because that is a, a good thing. That don't yeah. know about Emord, I want them to know. Here, you guys know him. But anyway, I wanted to talk about Chevron if he gets back in time. But yeah, they have a good guess. Anyway, see if he's not texted me yet. I don't think so. He said he would text when he's ready. Nope. All right. So uh, let's see what else. Um, monologue i did that yeah those are just like i said that's my feelings just coming out on a on a particular hour when we and, and G, jonathan as i'm speaking now jonathan texts he says he's ready so is that him okay him plugged in. yeah all so right i'll we'll be back. a little bit more of jonathan emord especially talking about the supreme court considering uh the chevron deference decision and what that might mean if they rule against it uh which is going to be i think good for freedom ultimately but uh there are a lot of people that are arguing against it because they like it things the way they are and if you do, I guess, you know, you want centralized bureaucracies and agencies that have no accountability to tell you how to live your life, to tell you what you can do, what you can't do, what you can say, what you can't say, what you have to put in your body, what you are uh, not allowed to access or even know about. So anyway, shout out to everybody in there. Remember mom's birthday, Mickey, turning 90 on January 29th. We're going to have a celebration in the Atlanta area. I got to find out where on the 28th. If you guys in Atlanta, let me know if you want to hang out. Uh, that's coming up a little later in the month. And thank you, Bobri Oren with Folium Products, foliumpx.com. My mom's here in large part, I believe, due to what Folium did for her. It brought her back at, you know, 88 to 89. She was struggling. And on a, a, uh, January 1st, 2023, she danced the new year in. And on January 29th, when she turned 89, she danced her birthday. And I want to see her dance again on her 90th coming up. Folium products, foliumpx.com, folium immuno, folium relax, a three-pronged approach. Use the code RSB10 to get a discount when you order it. And if you want to break through that ceiling in your healing, please consider the folium products, foliumpx.com. All right, Super Don, you let me know when you have Jonathan ready because I got that one major issue I want to talk to him about, the question of the Chevron uh, decision at the Supreme Court level. Maybe the Supreme Court is ready to rule against it to curb the power of these unelected bureaucrats in the executive agencies known as like FDA or others. Is that something that could really happen? And what does that mean in reality? What changes right away or what changes down the road because it's still going to take more court cases or what changes when Jonathan becomes the next United States Senator from Virginia, Jonathan E. Mord, welcome back. I hope it went, it sounded like it went well because it went long. Well, it did go well and it did go long, but I'll tell you, um, this, this Chevron uh, decision is going to be critical. I'm hoping that they reverse Chevron in its entirety. I suspect that they might, but even if they substantially reduce its scope, it would be helpful. But really, uh, ideologically, it's in totally inconsistent with the idea of an independent judiciary as a check on federal power. It's inconsistent with Marbury versus Madison, uh, Judge Marshall's decision, Justice Marshall's decision that it is of it is the courts that are to decide what the law is, and instead deferring to those who both create law and enforce it and judge it, having all the powers that make for tyranny, is an invitation to tyranny when you defer to that. So mm -hmm. hopefully the court will give us a great exposition on the constitution and this decision coming up and will uh, will save us from this deference which has destroyed us by having the administrative state rule our lives beyond far beyond what anything that the founding fathers ever intended they intended for us to be 
under a constitutional republic, not a bureaucratic oligarchy. Exactly. Jonathan, If let's say if the good thing happens here in our per- perspective and opinion, Supreme Court rules, hey, that whole thing was a wrong decision. It shouldn't exist. And that we should no longer defer to the uh, unelected bureaucratic oligarchy to, to, to basically write laws or interpret what Congress may or may not have interpreted themselves. Right. What happens overnight? Anything change or will it take more court cases or will it take still your efforts once you're in the United States Senate to really make the biggest differences? Well, it'll be a big uh, help for those of us who litigate against the agencies of the government on constitutional grounds, but it's not the solution. The solution really is to abolish the administrative courts, make the agencies go to an Article Three court to make their case, because as long as there are administrative agency courts, our rights are being violated because they don't recognize the prohibition on general warrants. In the Fourth Amendment, they don't give us our right to a jury trial. They don't let us confront our accusers. They don't allow us to have full-blown discovery. All those things are rights protected in the courts that the founding fathers created, the Article Three courts, not an administrative court. So I will introduce legislation to abolish the administrative courts, forcing agencies to go into the regular courts and make their case. Yeah, I I think that um, as much as we know a Supreme Court decision against uh, Chevron would be a good thing, as you point out, it doesn't automatically change the the pickle we're in as far as the regulatory state, the oligarchy determining what we can and can't know, what we can and can't see, say, use, for instance, for health and healing. And it takes a lot more than that. I also you know, want to add into the mix, I, I still long for one state nullifying you know, the feds at the level that, you know, clearly they don't have the constitutional authority to do it, whether the Supreme Court gets it right or not. It says we're going to be a health freedom state. We are going to allow for the free market to decide what, you know, people want to utilize for their health care and thumb their nose and go, FDA, you don't belong here. It's inappropriate what you're doing and unconstitutional. Well, as you know, I, I wrote the Access to Medical Treatment Act, which was designed to get the FDA out of the business of denying uh terminally ill patients access to experimental drugs. And that thing didn't, it languished for 20 years until Donald Trump, uh, in the form of the Right to Try Act, passed it into law by, you know, insisting on Congress to pass it into law. Then he signed it. And what a great achievement that was. But yes, we need a lot more of that and a lot less federal government and oversight. We need to get the international organizations like World Health Organization out of the business of dominating our medical system. They want to do it. The Biden administration wants them to do it. And so does my opponent, Tim Kaine. It's time for free market in medicine. And it's time for patient-centric medicine to get back again, where patients decide what's in their own best interest and bureaucrats don't. How, how is it, I mean, what is it happening? Uh, you know, you in the United States Senate, what kind of... <sighs> I mean, you don't need a lot of advisors because I, I, you know more than most people would about the Constitution. But as far as support staff, I mean, what is involved in that when you go into the United States Senate? That's a big deal uh, in terms of working on things that you've done on your own. Now you have a whole team, I guess, that could help you. Well, that's right. I mean, it's a situation where you are of necessity have to have a whole host of people doing work for you. But the difference in my case is that 
I know exactly how to draft legislation. I know how to amend legislation. Uh, and I know how to uh, argue in persuasively for legal changes because I understand them. Uh, and the big problem that we have is we have a lot of really unqualified people in Congress who don't know enough to be able to actually draft the legislation we need. And they don't really have a, a background sufficient to understand the framers' intent or the limitations on power that were intended by the founding fathers. It's really pathetic. So they really do need a constitutional conscience, and I hope to be that. And I hope to add to the uh, situation in, in the Congress where we have leadership that directs people on how to save the country and, and restore the republic, and I think I can do that. Oh, I, I, I'm certain that you can. I know what you're up against and you know what you're up against, but it's not that we want to focus on the opposition. We want to focus on the positives involved in, in restoring uh, constitutional governments and restraining and limiting the the, uh, the role of government in our lives. And you know, a big part of that is what we've talked about for years, what you've written about in many books for years, this rise of the unelected bureaucracy, the uh, the oligarchy, the uh, regulatory state, for instance, and how it has violated so much of our fundamental freedoms where we've declined from a Republican form of government into a progressive era collectivist viewpoint that individuals don't matter. They don't have rights except by membership in certain select favored groups. Yeah, this group think is communism. This whole idea of categorizing people based on characteristics and not treating them as individuals is our ruin. This has never been the ideal of American liberty. Thomas Jefferson gave us that ideal, and it really is the most beautiful definition of liberty and indispensable to American protection of our rights. And that is that rightful liberty is unobstructed action according to will within limits drawn around us by the equal rights of others. I did not say within the limits of the law, said Jefferson. Uh, rather, he said, I did not say within the limits of the law because the laws often, but the tyrants will, and always so when it violates the rights of an individual. You see, individual rights is where it's at if you believe in freedom. This whole idea of collective rights is, is a bunch of bunk. There is no such thing. We are each individuals. We are each entitled uniquely to the protection of the laws and to the equal application of the law to us based on our conduct so that we're not discriminated against. And this indeed is the foundation of American liberty and American justice. And they, they're working, this administration, Tim Kaine, they're working to destroy that foundation and replace it with collectivism, which is really communism. They believe in controlling outcomes and they don't believe in meritocracy. They believe that individuals should be treated based on what group they're affiliated with rather than having equal justice under law. And we cannot survive as a republic or a people who are free if their system takes hold and is not uh, uh, overruled and overthrown in the next few years. Yeah. Well, that's why uh, I want to see you there among many reasons, even though I kind of, you know, would rather not have you there because I won't see as much. But regardless, I think the benefit that to this country, to people of Virginia, Virginia itself uh, would be terrific and, ter and actually a net positive, a wonderful thing to happen. Uh, as I talked about while you were uh, on the other show, a sphere of influence that we each have in our lives and we can enter certain arenas and areas and have a positive uplifting effect. And one in this case that would bring the Constitution back to the fore, which we desperately need or else uh, um, well, I don't I don't like the future without it, knowing 
what we know of the history of tyrannical governance in uh, on this planet. So, Jonathan, uh, where are you headed to next as we're wrapping up here? I know you're on your way to another event. We're going to the Gloucester GOP meeting tonight, and we will welcome those patriots, and hopefully they'll become part of our movement, which is incredible, the grassroots movement for our campaign all across the state. It's an amazing thing to behold, Robert. You'll be seeing it firsthand pretty soon, my friend. Looking forward to it, my brother. Thank you and love to you, your wife and your kids. And uh, we'll stay in touch until the next uh, Sacred Fire of Liberty episode on the Robert Scott Bell Show. Sounds good. All right. That's Jonathan Emord. Check it out. Emord4VA.com. If you'd like to volunteer, get the uh, signatures needed in uh, the state of Virginia Commonwealth. Please reach out to Jonathan at emord4va.com, emord4va.com. Uh, hour two, we've got some questions of the day, comments of the day. We also have scheduled uh, Anthony Aguero. Hopefully he shows up. He's got doing some great work in Texas uh, regarding uh, the child trafficking issue at the borders. So we, we plan to cover that as well. Also, is it possible that Moderna, for instance, has conspired with and without government agencies to suppress speech, to work against what they call misinformation, which in fact is what they're promoting from their own perspective on their own products. We're going to cover that and a whole lot more. If you got a question or comment, submit it at robertscatbell.com. And uh, otherwise, if you're in the chat room, just let us know. You can also call us, leave a, leave a message, 866-939-2355, 866-939-BELL. And we'll be back after this because the power to heal is yours. cranking it up for health, freedom, and healing, liberty, the Robert Scott Bell Show on two hours a day, six days a week. Well, then some because we get the bonus round pretty much all often. And Sundays we do uh, a special hour on conversations, having a nice conversation with folks we want to learn about. And uh, if you have suggestions for a Sunday conversation or if you want to be that Sunday conversation, let us know. I, I'm interested. I'm intrigued. Uh, just submit it at robertscottbell.com or make a note in the chat room right now if you're in there as well as uh, you can leave us a message at 866-939-2355, 866-939-BELL. Uh, once again, reminder about the great products at Nutritional Frontiers, including their certified organic U.S. grown hemp CBD. You just heard about it. RSB 15 gets you 15% off. You can also go to nutritionalfrontiers.com and you can get uh, access to a lot of great information, a lot of great formulas, many of which I use on a regular basis including the NRDMG, the lozenges, or the liquid form of uh, the DMG to counteract glyphosate exposure and a lot more, as well as uh, my favorite, uh, super creatine. Getting back in the gym, kicking some, you know what? It's been amazing. It only took me like two or three days back in the gym in a row where I'm suddenly like, oh man, now it's hard for me to get up to that yellow level again, right? I'm, I'm teasing about being bummed about it, but I, I target uh, each time I go in what they call 60 pulse points, and that means you have to be up in that higher range uh, of heart rate, you know, and talk about getting the rate up. So you're working hard, right? But it's harder and harder to get to that hard work hard because the efficiency with which the blood is pumping, the oxygen is happening thanks to the nitric oxide production from Cardio Miracle, as well as uh, the inner, uh, I'm sorry, in this case, the super creatine from Nutritional uh, Frontiers. Again, by, by the way, RSB 15 to get discount there. Uh, that uh, didn't take long to get back to it. Just, just amazing to me. 
how amazing this is, even though I know it's amazing. Uh, we have an elite health athletic performance training webinar, if you will. It's just like an hour long or shorter. It won't be long, but we'll go into the heart of, no pun intended, the matter when it comes to fitness and hitting elite levels of fitness. And that's happening Friday after the show. Uh, that'll be the 19th, that's tomorrow, of January, 7 p.m. Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific. And you can sign up. The banner's there. I think, Super Don, you have it accessible, easy for it, people to see it. Just click on it. And even if you can't attend the, the webinar live, you can actually see the replay if, if you actually sign up for it. So register, click that registration button. Uh, I'll be doing there, that with, uh, uh, we got Keith Clearwater, professional golfer from PGA champion, and uh, John and Jason Hewlett, which is kind of cool. It's very cool, in fact. The key to elite performance. So hopefully you'll join us on that one. Uh, what else we got going on here, Super Don, as we're hitting hour two? I know we got that story I was teasing about Moderna, which is pretty interesting, but. Yes. Mm hmm um, I don't know. Well, I know that we have well, an hour or two guest schedule, but we haven't heard from. We so do. I'm not sure whether he's going to show up or not. I hope he does. Yeah. If yeah, he doesn't, I mean, we've got, yeah, if he doesn't, we have got actually mm -hmm. the, uh, the CDC, uh, myocarditis story that we never got to in hour one with Jonathan. Oh, Ewart that's as well. true. That, you know, that kind of goes along, I believe, with the, the Moderna story. So I don't mind bringing it into the mix right now. It's a really important one. It's a kind of a, it, it's a shocker, but not a shocker. Uh, I mean, I guess the, the, the shock to me is not that they didn't send out the warning on myocarditis and, and the COVID injections, but the fact that they actually had uh, uh, knowledge of it and they had yeah. a warning perhaps ready to go out. You know, this, this is an example before you get to the story, I just want okay. to say, you know, we've, we've uh, over the, the, you know, I think it was just last week. It seems like every week mm -hmm. we have this same conversation where there are people that are like, oh, we're good. Here's how we're going to get people to trust us again. And they, they just come with these harebrained knucklehead is it repeating the same mistake, you know, uh, strategies. Mm -hmm. uh, and, and, if you want to know why it is people don't trust these government organizations, these big pharma companies, it's reasons like this. If you look at what's going on here, this this is, uh, I think it was out of the Epic Times. Mm -hmm. uh, the CDC, according to this, they drafted an alert uh, for myocarditis as a result of the COVID vac vaccination mm -hmm. or, or, or injection, whatever yeah. you want to call it. Uh so, and like you were saying, just, just with what you were implying there, mm -hmm. uh, if they wrote the letter yeah. to alert people about uh, myocarditis after getting the vaccine, mm -hmm. that means they knew that the vaccine was causing myocarditis. Something that they were like, oh, no, 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 no. Maybe. You have to be banned for saying it. Very rare, possibly, you know. Uh, but, you know, you wouldn't go to the trouble of writing up an alert. Mm -hmm. And then the fact that they didn't send the thing. What what are you supposed to conclude from that? Uh, did they did uh, the 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 person in charge of sending emails got sick and didn't come in that day? They, did they lose it? They forgot yeah, the password to the email account. Were they fired? Were they terminated? Were they or, assassinated? What happened? What's what's the logical conclusion here? If they went to the trouble of writing the letter mm -hmm. and then uh, 
oh, I, I can't push the button. Why not? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, oh, well, if people see that, then maybe they won't want to get vaccinated. Right. I mean, that, you know, that's a logical conclusion on that, right? Now, well, is, is that was, a little bit deceptive? You sure. But what was it that they did do? They later sent alerts, but the alerts were to do what? To encourage people to get the shot that was linked to myocarditis. Because it's rare. Well, and, and why have I called them the, the CDC, the Centers for Disease Creation and Promotion? Because their policies are creating and promoting disease. Do you think I was making it up just to sound silly and funny and annoying? No, it's actually the, whether it's their intent, express purpose for being, that's what they do. And this is, you know, again, more evidence of it. The role of these federal agencies is not to protect you from dangerous injections, medications. It's to promote them because they profit from them. They're supported by them. And uh, again, that's a, a grown up big boy pants kind of thing to have to say. And I know you all are, for the most part, with me on that. You know it. But it's sad that many of our fellow Americans don't yet see this. But many more do than ever before. Check out, yeah, check out this, this you know, what's said here. They knew the connection. They were about to warn us, but they didn't send it. And this is uh, uh, documents were obtained, apparently, by the Epoch Times. Yeah. And, uh, you know, is, is there any more plausible deniability, Super Don, that, well, they didn't know, Right. How many people were trying to tell them? How many times did we scream to the high oh, heavens? People were talking. Oh, you guys yeah. are just a bunch of uh, uh, misinformation, uh, disinformation, dozens mm-hmm. and dozens of people. Yeah. Uh, conspiracy theorists, let's ban you on uh, uh, YouTube. You know, Spotify can't be here anymore. Yeah. Yeah. And then you find out way <laughs> after the fact, you know, there used to be a time when there wasn't an epic times. Mm-hmm. Right? Yeah. What did you have? You had the AP, you had ABC News, NBC News, stuff like that, right? Mm-hmm. This stuff like this just flew under the radar because, you know, there weren't people like the Epic Times to get this, to expose this kind of stuff. Mm-hmm. So thank goodness that, that, you know, this type of media exists now because now we can find out about the stuff that was, you know, was being hidden from us before. But here you go. Here you go. The CDC crafted the letter and didn't send it. So it's obvious there was an agenda there. Mm-hmm. Right. They can come up with whatever excuse they want, but it doesn't make any sense. You know, why would they not do that? They've sent alerts out for stuff. Sure. All kinds of other stuff. Why, why not myocarditis? So here we go again. Right. Eventually, some some uh, somebody that CDC is going to decide, you know, we need to get a new director of the CDC. Uh, we're going to get a new director. Here's here's Jim Smith. Uh, he's now the new director. So now everybody can trust us now because, no, we don't need Jim Smith. We need you to stop doing this. Mm-hmm. Stop doing this. If you stop doing this, then people maybe might look at you a little bit differently. But as long as you guys are doing this stuff. Yeah, you're not giving anybody a reason. Yeah. Sorry, um, go ahead. What were you going to say? Why Why don't they trust us? Why? Because you're lying. It does exactly. You know, it's like. you're yeah, Not only that, it's worse than lying how by did, omission. It's lying about the fact that we and others like us were pointing out these obvious dangers that were manifesting clinically. Much how less, many people mm-hmm. were were injured or even died? From heart issues yeah. after the vaccine, yeah, because they didn't send out the alert. 
How did we find out about the myocarditis? Did we find out because the CDC told us? No. Did we find out about it because the FDA told us? No. We found out through people having heart problems. And it was like, wait a minute. There's a pattern here. Children's health defense. You know, I mean, you know, Del Bigtree, us, Dr. McCullough, you know, all these people. Yeah, they were the ones going, oh, hey, wait a minute. Look what we're seeing. Mm -hmm. And at first they denied it. Then eventually they couldn't deny it because it was happening on a scale that it couldn't be something they could just sweep under the rug. So that's yeah. how we find out about this stuff. The CDC, they're supposed to be the ones that inform us of this stuff. Well, and also the legacy media or old media, mainstream media, was also part of their job description. Maybe Fox News and Newsmax, you know, were, were, were saying something about it. You know, bit, they were, but they were also mandating vaccination, as far as I know. I mean, some yeah. of their higher ups probably didn't get it, but the mainstream media, again, long dead, not doing its job of holding government accountable. I mean, their first assessment is to protect the lies from government. That was never the reason for a press, a free press. It was about to push back on whether you have a President Biden, a Trump, Obama, a Reagan, or whoever. to be the challenger to go, hey, what about this? And they're the sick offend, uh, defenders of the faith, and they attack us. They attack people like us for pointing out these inconvenient facts. In fact, you know, there were warning signs out of Israel. Remember, we reported on that. The CDC knew about it, didn't, didn't warn anybody and say, hey, there's an alert over there. Yeah. Well, oh, that's just Israel. That doesn't, that's not real because it's not now, here. Now, right? I'll tell you, if, if a pangolin yeah. uh, sneezed on a bird— uh, in China, yeah, there's going to be a news report about that. I guarantee you, on Drudge Report in red letters, mm -hmm. they're going to have, oh, they found a thing in the, you know, right. uh, that's on there. No yeah. problem. They'll let you know about that because they want you to be afraid. Well, and the CDC uh, would warn you about pangolin sneezes very quickly. Yeah. Oh, yeah. As they have about zombie apocalypses. Right. Now we transition to the so-called private sector that isn't fully private sector. Much of uh, what we see of Moderna and Pfizer and others depend upon the largesse of the U.S. taxpayer, even though the U.S. taxpayer, by and large, doesn't know where their money is going. But a lot of it's going to just fund uh, research into things that end up causing problems. And as we realize, the whole COVID scam was not caused by what they call COVID-19, but the response to it, and that is primarily the injections. And Moderna, is. this is an article at Real Clear Investigations, show this headline, exposed Moderna's vaccine against vaccine descent. Now, it's not really a vaccine per se, but then again, their vaccine isn't really a vaccine. So I uh, go ahead and play on those words. And in this article, you'll learn about the things that Moderna was up to. You know, there's obviously financial conflicts of interest every which way but loose to make sure that misinformation and disinformation would be classified as anything that didn't result in more acceptance and compliance to get injected. Clearly, financial challenges, vaccine hesitancy. If we have people hesitant about getting these things, we're not going to sell as much product. We're not going to make as much money. Uh, then the media operations and partnerships that were established like the public good projects and other entities identifying and responding to vaccine policy critics that included training healthcare professionals to counter what they call vaccine misinformation and using guess what superdon's favorite thing ai artificial intelligence to monitor online conversations it can be used for bad things this yes is it true. can you acknowledge yes. that see 
I'm not giving you that much crap over this. I acknowledge it can be done either way. How about influence on social media content? How many times were we warned or banned or deplatformed over that time for relating things that have proven to be factually accurate and correct? I don't know if we had to apologize one time. Oh, we got that wrong. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And so social media uh, funded by a lobby group representing Pfizer and Moderna going after anything. And so co-opting the freedom of speech that was part of the, the platforms initially, at least. The Public Good Project. That's an no. interesting, I mean, it, it sounds great, doesn't it? No, it doesn't. Who would not want to be a part of the public good? Well, I would, right? knowing what I know. For truth, justice, and the American Remember, way. Remember, the greater good is a concept that sounds wonderful, except when it comes to the violation of your individual right to life, liberty, and property. Well, if it's for the greater good, sorry. So it's an, interesting, it's an interesting, it's an interesting, these breadcrumbs are interesting here because Moderna collaborated with the Public Good Projects. The Public Good Projects then funded a lobby group that represented Pfizer and Moderna that then uh, went to work trying to re, uh, make sure that content got removed uh, from platforms like Twitter, Yeah, which I guess it was Twitter at the time. Yeah. Um, and so it's like, yeah, right? You got the fingers with the, with the... <laughs> <laughs> with the strings, mm-hmm. right, uh, that are controlling this thing. Moderna was really involved here in a way that only, you know, again, Epic Times exposed the other thing, real clear investigations. They're exposing this. Nobody would have known about this. Mm-hmm. This is the kind of stuff that I have to guess if they did it, to, to you know, uh, during this time. This is not the first time they've done this. Right? Mm-hmm. I mean, is that fair to say? Oh, very. Okay. Gotcha. All right. So, you know, this is the stuff that, that's been swept under the rug that we haven't seen in the past. Moderna, mm-hmm. apparently, after they, they they went after the information on Twitter and got that stuff removed, then they started going after individual people. And remember, we covered these stories. Mm-hmm. Remember when they went after Russell Brand? Oh, yeah. Remember and when they went it. after Alex Berenson? Oh, they, they they targeted them and they acknowledged now. They, they got, they got their people. Alex Berenson. He got, I think he got kicked off of Twitter as a result. Mm-hmm. He lost his account. Yeah. And I think he sued as, as a result. Yeah, we don't we're not budgeted enough to sue for all the times we've been banned. By the way, <sighs> shout out to Annie watching us on X slash on Twitter. X. You know, she says so she's surprised that there aren't more people watching us on X. We don't really we don't I don't know how we don't to, really promote it. We don't know how to promote the stuff. You think we know how to do this? No, we just put out a show. Yeah. Y'all have to share it. I'm you guys sorry. do that. That's, that's right. That's how you job. can. That's how you can help us out. Thank you for that. By the good way, good to Andy. see you. Good to see you. Uh, let's see. Censorship industrial complex. Uh, the article raises concern about the blurring of the lines between public relations and public health, with Moderna targeting accurate information that might discourage vaccination. Just like we said with the CDC, why did they not put out the alert? Oh well, they're worried that people might not get the shot. You're damn straight. If you knew. Would you have gotten it? How many people had they been given fully informed consent on the COVID injections would have done it anyway? I know some would, but a whole heck of a lot of people, if they were given the real facts about it, that we don't know this could happen. These are the links that are happening. You'd go, hmm, I wonder, you know what? I'll risk whatever we think COVID is. So how, you know, if, if we, if we look at the term justice, and I've said the definition of justice is everything getting everybody getting what they deserve. Then the people at the CDC that were party to this or Moderna, et cetera, should be brought up on charges of at the very least aggravated assault. I mean, I'm not a lawyer. I'm just saying, or even murder in the case. Many have lost their lives due to this because they did not proceed as you think 
perceive naively that the CDC is looking out for us, much less the FDA. Clearly they're not. I mean, I don't know how much more evidence you need to look at this. And I would say it shouldn't be political because it's all of them against all of us. They don't care whether you're a Democrat or Republican or nothing. They wanted you to get this shot, desperately wanted you to get it. And whether you're a Democrat or Republican or anything in between, you could have been harmed by it. Now, we did have a question of the day I want to get to right now that relates to this issue of, of the shot. Do you have that in, in front of you? Can you pull that up, Super Don? Uh, hold on a second. We got some flexibility in how we're running this hour uh, as our guest is not here. And uh, Give me a sec here. Sure. I, yeah. I forgot Scrolling to isolate down. that, so I will just... Uh... I'm not necessarily going in order here. It's the one about the uh, Sutra at Bhakti, what he said about the placebo maybe or something of the vaccines. You know that one? Uh, let's see here. That would be Bill. Yeah. So bring Bill's up there. Go full there screen go. so we can all see that if you don't mind on that. Uh, yeah. Bill writes, hello, guys. I'm not sure. Did I hear Sutra at Bhakti say that many of the jabs were nothing more than placebo? Bill, uh, I think he indicated that, but he's not the first that brought that up. I'm trying to remember who was that. Who was it? Was it was it Peter McCullough? Maybe. Well, McCullough, I think, brought it up as well that yeah. there, there were differences from lot to lot. Now, whether it was purposeful or inadvertent, I don't know. I don't have privy to information to that. But clearly, there were a lot of people that got either dummy shots or shots that were completely destroyed because supposedly they had to be stored at a certain temperature and weren't being stored so that they didn't carry the same threat level as the ones that were apparently cared for the way they were designed, apparently. So, yeah, he did indicate that there are a lot of people that got lucky, I think, is the way he might have said the term lucky. I'm not sure. But that didn't get an actual real shot. I have no information to say it was, whether it was on purpose or accidental. I don't know. I can speculate, but I, I just don't know. But clearly that was something to consider. Why did some people have such devastating reactions? Why had why some had none? And arguably, I think that there are people in the know at the highest levels of government and, and uh, media and medicine that did not take the injection, even if they were overtly, outwardly forwarding the idea that everybody should get it. And if you don't get it, you should be restricted in your freedom. Uh, so I'm not, I wouldn't be shocked if there was a purposeful attempt to keep certain folks or groups away from the adverse events or the worst of these shots. I'm just going to say, I can't dismiss that as a real possibility. In fact, a likely, a likelihood, if I will. So again, Moderna exposed, these are criminal organizations. And if there were justice in this time frame, they would be brought up on criminal charges, arrested and probably prosecuted and convicted of horrible, heinous crimes. Some of these people, maybe many of them will not feel those crimes come back on them until the next life. But that's right. the way it goes. What is Diana writing here? My daughter had a healthy pregnancy pre-COVID, got all the jabs, including boosters before and start. And during her second, she just delivered. She went anemic early in during and preeclampsia toward and so induced pretty sure the jabs are to blame. Well, and, and if she brought one close to full term with those symptoms, even though it's not pleasant and she has healthy children, uh, that's better than a lot of outcomes we've heard for those that got fully injected. So the question is, were they all active injections or not? I don't know. There's still some mystery, a lot of mystery there. So I've got a message in, on, on rumble. Mm -hmm. Mar Marge is here. Yeah. Here's, here's her message. The only message in the chat room and the first message from Marge, it says, oops, sorry, sir. 
What? What Marge, do you mean, you oops? Are, what, what happened? Marge, you are funny. I can say that. She makes was me laugh. It, was it oops? I accidentally watched her show? I don't know. They're messaging me and in, in very, maybe she meant to message me elsewhere or something. Oops. All right, Sorry, let's sir. Let's see. Okay. There's another. Yolanda. Comment. Yolanda. Can you put Yolanda's up? This is see if it'll fit. Oh, it does fit. Right. Yeah. Hi, Robert Superdon. I wanted to share that I started taking the Folium PX and I noticed so far that my lower back and left shoulder pain is less. I noticed that during my workout, my movement and range of motion has improved. Yolanda, th th these are the kind of stories that I'm getting every time somebody gets on folium. There's something that you have lingering that you can't figure out. You're doing everything you know. A lot of things that should work, they aren't working. You get on the folium and suddenly, whoa, that, how, I didn't know it's supposed to do that. I'm telling you, and I'm telling you again. If you guys have been a ceiling and you're healing or a lingering something and you're like, I can't figure this out. Everything I'm working, is not working. Get on the Folium products pronto and have experiences like Yolanda or my mom or others that have shared with us. Lori has shared good things, uh, I think, with her vision or think uh, just some amazing things that are happening with this product, these formulas. And uh, yeah, foliumpx.com. Please check it out. All right. Good stuff happening. Now, out this there. next one, I don't think this is all going to fit. I'm guessing, okay. but uh, this is from uh, Leslie, who, by the way, uh, mm -hmm. just published, I think it was yesterday. New stay at home a, a new episode. podcast? A new episode, yes. Yay. All right. So I think this is probably going to, yeah, it does. But this is interesting. I mean, I don't know what to say to this, but apparently uh, she says, My kids just experienced something really crazy. Mm -hmm. We are all in the tiny schoolhouse. I was working on a project and at the same time, all of my kids yelled that their ears hurt. Apparently, there was some kind of frequency let out mm -hmm. that made uh, some of the kids, uh, where is it on the over here, sweat. Made some of the kids sweat and others get a headache, but every mm -hmm. single one of them heard it, but I didn't hear a thing, nothing. Yeah. Hmm. It was a, it was a, a I don't sound remember. only kids can hear. Yeah, Leslie, I don't remember. Do you remember how far away the nearest cell tower is? You're pretty much out in the boonies. It's not as close, but I'm guessing the question is not. how they can direct these things. That you know, it's one of the things I mentioned in my uh, uh, impromptu monologue with Jonathan doing another show today, part of the time we were doing it. And you know, I mentioned about the ways that they can trigger strange behaviors, aberrant experiences, or symptoms. And Super Don, it is not an exaggeration to say that the technology exists frequency and wavelength that they can target individuals or groups and cause them various symptoms. You're, you're aware of that. That's not a science fiction uh, kind of, uh, re you know, uh, what would you say? Conspiracy theory for lack of a better way to dismiss it. Yeah. These technologies do exist. That's indisputable. That's not even controversial. In her situation though, she's saying here that it's probably like, five to eight miles away. So yeah. I don't see how that yeah. would. <laughs> I'm not saying that's what it was, but yeah. I'm just bringing up that if you ever have these strange occurrences, like the kids are hearing. So I, you know, I don't know what's going on, but you can't dismiss some of these things. So, uh, but certainly they can instigate symptoms, pain, for instance. Maybe it was a ghost. Yeah. I don't know. Leslie, Paranormal kids, experience. Kids are sensitive to stuff. I don't know what it was either. Yes. So we'll figure it out. All right, let's see. What else can we cover today on the show? We got, again, it's bonus time. You, me, and Super D kind of thing. It is, kind of, right? We we had uh, a scheduled uh, <laughs> guest and hadn't heard from him, and it was a good topic, too. But, well, 
Well, the links are in the show notes as of now, so you can check it out if you want to see what's going on. We've got some more questions of the day, comments of the day. Let's hit How about some a comment of the, comment of the day. Okay, let's do it. All right, this is from Daylene. Um, you want to read this, Super Don? Can you read this? I can. Okay. Uh, it says, hi, Robert and Super Don. A quick thank you for posting your different sponsors. We have ordered twice now from the Defy the Grid for Goldbacks. They have incredible... Uh, they have incredibly fast and accurate service. Each order has arrived in excellent condition, and boy, howdy, are they beautiful. Yes. I, you know what, Daylene? I appreciate the fact you wrote in just because I got to say boy, howdy. That's awesome. <laughs> yes. All right. She says, even though we live in Washington State, uh, not yet able to use them here, we are sharing with friends, adult children, and grands in different states. Mm -hmm. Also adding a note to each of them. Oh, to teach them about yeah. the goldbacks, hoping to help spread the word. Thanks also for sharing your homeopathic hits and detox dialogues. This patron patron is appreciative and grateful. Your friend, Daylene. Daylene, oh, thank you. And I hope you, to see you next Wednesday at our next Zoom AMA. Yeah, if you can join I'm us trying live. to think was, uh, I, I don't know that we, I just don't <laughs> remember Daylene being on, on. I think she might have been on one. Yeah, okay. But. Anyway, thank you for that. And yeah. yeah, the the thing about those goldbacks is their autonomy, privacy. They they are beautiful. They're works of art. And even though you're in Washington State, you can still tip a waitress or a waiter with them when they realize what it's worth, the value that it has. I mean, they'll be more appreciative. Now, if they don't imagine. know what it is, they might throw a cheeseburger at you. Uh, I have yet to meet somebody who has ever been tipped in a goldback that did that. In fact, I've done it like on a, in an Uber Lyft where I've like tipped them in goldbacks. Or yeah. I did it once with, a, you know, one of the, the, the guys. Sometimes you could fly into a place and a hotel has its own shuttle service. And usually they, they work a little bit on tips too. And I've tipped uh, in go. In fact, I think I remember when I went to Houston for the uh, Healing Strong 10-year anniversary. There was a nice guy who drove us back in the, you know, the hotel bus kind of thing. I tipped him in gold and man, he lit up. He just lit up. It was like, it's a, a really extraordinary thing when you tip somebody in what I call real money in gold instead of paper that you know what, where that's going. So um, anyway, thank you for sharing that. Appreciate that. And uh, hopefully y'all plug in and don't wait for your state. Even if you can find individuals that are desirous of working for value and you are willing to provide that value exchange gold. It changes the relationship. It's amazing what happens. Experience it. For those of you who have experienced it, let us know what happened to you. I think, you you know, the stories are kind of cool. When, the way people light up when they get gold for the first time as a thank you or for uh, compensation for their services. Yeah. All right. So here's a, uh, here is a follow-up mm -hmm. from Hannah. Hannah, go ahead and read that if you this don't This is, oh yeah, I had some fun with this yesterday. So yeah. Hannah says, uh, it's Hannah again. Hello, Arsby. <laughs> so I'm actually an American, but I currently live abroad. Thanks, Super D. I gave her, <laughs> you, I gave her a hard time, hard time yesterday. You on that. I didn't expect that. I was like, what are you it, breaking in for? Abroad. Yeah, She's abroad. She says, I'm abroad. Yeah. So don't call yourself abroad. Yeah. That's not very nice. <laughs> All right. Anyway, uh, with her husband, who uh, is Romanian, mm -hmm. and two little ones. Hannah says, my parents will be sending me some things from Nutritional Frontiers in the mail. Mm -hmm. Awesome. 
Uh, she says, so on the Nutritional Frontiers website, in order to buy anything, I have to create an account either as a patient or as a professional. In order to create an account, I need to enter a practitioner affiliate ID. If it's possible, I would like to order things as a guest customer since I do not have this ID unless, that is, you could provide for me a patient ID. Hmm. You know, I remember this coming up like, I don't know, maybe a year ago. Yeah. And I don't remember what the answer to this was. You do remember this? Where somebody was like, what am I supposed to put in here in the patient ID? And yeah. I think they originally they were like, well, you know, just put in Robert Scott Bell, but I don't think that worked. Yeah, I don't. I mean, can you forward this to Nutritional Frontiers? So yeah. That you know? Yeah. I'll send it to help like, Hannah to get yeah. what she wants. Right. So she says, anyways, I've reached out to uh, Nutritional Frontiers twice via email. I haven't had a response. I cannot call them because there isn't an international number. Of course, any idea what I can do. So, Hannah, I will I will see what I can find out for you. Okay. And I, I believe I've got your your email address, so I should be able to just, uh, I'll send that back to you. Okay, thanks, Hannah. Out. Appreciate you uh, supporting those who support this message of health, freedom, and healing liberty, too. Good stuff. All right. Uh, let's see what else we got. Do we have any other questions or comments? There was loads, loads of them coming in today, it seemed like. That's all I've got here. You got anything on the website? Uh, checking in. Uh, let's see what's going on in our personal web. I know it's a slow day cause it's Thursday. Yeah. Be wise, be strong. So way to go, Jonathan, those administrative courts are abolished. It will go a very long way to co- correcting the course of our beloved country. Yes. Yeah, and it's a little bit of everything. It's not just one thing, but, uh, I would say somebody argue and tell me why having Jonathan in the U S Senate would not be a good thing. Right. And I, I tried to address the cynicism that is it, you know, you know, there's a lot of justification for cynicism about our government and about even voting. I get it. I mean, Super Don, you get it too. I we've talked about this, and yet, I am not here to tell people what to do, whether to vote or not to vote. But if you do in Virginia, particularly, and even if you're not in Virginia, support this man who I think will have a great impact, an impact far greater than just the one man scenario because of what he brings to the equation where he brings to everywhere he goes people are impacted by him he has a strong presence and it's not one that is deceptive it's not authoritarian in any way it's about a, an appeal to you know fundamental freedoms and uh i just don't see a downside to that so if you if you feel like uh you know it's not worth it in many cases i'd say in this case it is in addition to all the other good things that you could do that have nothing to do with voting okay so yeah, that's a that's a fun topic. <laughs> yeah, don't I don't want to ruffle anybody's feathers. Um, you know, actually, before we get the homeopathic kit, I'm going to give you a little update. Okay. Um, you know, my wife and I have changed our our uh, way of eating starting the first of the year. It's one of those those uh, uh, New Year's resolutions. Mm-hmm. which really wasn't just a, hey, let's try something different, but it was actually, you know, changing our lifestyle. Yeah. Um, and so we've, we've done really good. We've had a couple, way, a couple of instances where we, we, you know, it was maybe like 95%. Yeah. Uh, but we're, we're figuring out. What were you going to say? I, I was going to ask you just as a reminder, you know, because people, what motivates people is different in so many you know, instances. Mm-hmm. To make a big leap or a big step like this, and it's not like you didn't know that it's probably better. It's important, you know, all those things. And, 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 you know, we tease about that. Of course, I've never 
said, you know, yelled at you for what you eat or don't eat. That's just not my way of going about things. <laughs> so it was, I'm not going to say it's my fault you're doing this. Uh, yet there's obviously some things that you came to that conclusion with your wife to say, you know what, we need to do this. Yeah. Well, you know, we're getting, we're getting older. Um, and, and, uh, noticing that we're, you know, having things are, are not, uh, you know, aches and pains and things that are happening and stuff. So it was just like, look, you know, let's just, let's just do this. And we had the ability to do it too, which may, you know, it, it, it wasn't as much a struggle as it may have been in the past, to try and do. And really it was mostly just about making up your mind that you're going to do it and just doing mm -hmm. it. So we did. And so we've been eating, uh, organic since the first and we've gotten back on the, uh, the, the Chris bar recommendations of, of things to take and, uh, just started, I don't know, it's been maybe a week or so, uh, doing the silver aloe protocol. Mm-hmm. Now, leading up to this, one of the things that my wife was having was a lot of stomach pain hmm. where it was uh, after she would eat, didn't matter what she ate, yeah, her stomach would hurt and it was very, very uh, uncomfortable. Uh, she could not eat and just have an empty stomach and it would hurt. I remember and, back in the day in my young years, Super Don, uh, that kind of pain, oh, no. not pleasant. <laughs> yeah, it wasn't, no. it wasn't good. So... No. Uh, it's what the a the eighteenth. Mm -hmm. So and this had been going on with her for several months. So we started eating differently. We've cut out a lot of carbs. Not not really a whole lot of carbs going on anymore. Mm -hmm. And so it's really it's it's like uh, a clean organic meat mm -hmm. and organic vegetables for the most part. Uh, and so today I asked her. I said, "So how's your stomach?" And she said, "You know what I." It, it doesn't hurt anymore. As she said, you know, I mean, it, it took a few days, but probably for, for the, she was saying probably the last couple of weeks, mm -hmm. it's been great. It just, it's not, it doesn't hurt anymore. It's gone. And I was just like, that's really super cool. Yeah. Um, now, you know, I'm sure it's probably a combination of things, but you know, it's interesting because I was doing some reading on, on the, uh, the, the silver aloe and an aloe in particular, and mm -hmm. I've been doing it with her because I felt bad because, you know, I, I, I was I was having if her. We're gonna do a coffee enema. Will you do it with her? No, I would not. <laughs> I just found that. I'll have to draw a line somewhere. <laughs> but uh, you know, we we were doing the can jest. You know, it was just mm -hmm. like taking the oh god. Which I found out actually yeah. that the can jest is much easier to drink the hotter it is. Yeah, but you don't want to boil it. Well, no, no, no. But I'm just saying, you get it as hot as you can. You can you can handle it, right? Okay. To drink. Yeah. But the hot, at least for for me, it was, and okay. for her, it was too. That right. it, if you get it kind of lukewarm, the mm -hmm. flavor is much more earthy. But if you get it hotter, it, se it seems, to, and it mixes together better that okay. way. Anyway, so we'd done the Kanjas thing. And so it was like, oh, geez, aloe, what's this going to be like, right? Turns out it's not as bad as I thought it was going to be. Mm -hmm. It has kind of a, I don't know, it's it's an interesting, um, I don't know how to describe it, the, the, the flavor mm -hmm. is, it's I don't know, but it, but it's not, it's not like Kanjas. So anyway, I was just like, look, if you do it, I'll do it. You know, we'll, we'll do it together here just to experience it, the same thing. So I've done it. She's done it a little more than I have. Mm -hmm. But the aloe, from what I understand, is really, really good for your digestive system. It is. It's wonderful. Uh, yeah. and, and so anyway, 
I, you know, I don't know if it's that or if it's the changing of eating, maybe the higher fiber content, you know, the, the cleaner food, something like that. But it's taken away her, her stomach pain. It's gone. Yeah, it's not. No, none of what she's doing is a drug or a painkiller. Yep. It's a reduction of the inflow of things that cause inflammation and aggravation to the integrity of cells and their function. And, you know, with the Canjest and with the silver aloe, it is very focused on restoring integrity to the area of the GI tract, upper to, to lower, as well as, you know, when you restore its integrity, then the function comes back online, you know? So I, I'm not surprised, but I'm great, greatly appreciative of hearing that. And I think it's, you know, it's, more- it's really the first really big significant thing that that's happened. Mm-hmm. And it was, like I said, it was, uh, it was, it was the main, she, she has a number of health issues that, mm-hmm. that she's dealing with. And so really that was a, another a big part of the motivation. I, I have a tendency to kind of beat myself up more than I probably should yeah. uh, with my lifestyle, but I saw what she was going through and it was just like, you know what, let's just do it, you know, uh, because it was, it was stuff that she was going through. So that was super cool this morning uh, for her to, for us to have that conversation because it's, nice. it's, yeah, it's made a difference. Yeah. Beautiful. Wow. It's amazing. And, and it's a big shift, dude. It's not little what you guys have done. And, and it's, yeah. And, and it's going, I just, yeah. I just got the super awesome, uh, you know, the, the Ninja appliances. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I, I sprung for the, the Ninja mega kitchen system wow which nice. is it's like the the, the 1500 watt uh yeah. a blender like a volkswagen motor crusher thing yeah. and it's got like a food processor and it's got the individual like like cup things you can make smoothies with and stuff like that so i'm like nice. you know we're gonna do this so let's let's get what we need to do it so that's um, awesome yeah we're having fun with it excellent so well, next thing is next thing is is going to the why we were talking about that this morning all right gotta, stepping up the activity levels right get something going there yeah i'm a little nervous about next week apparently it's the uh i think semi-annual chow challenge of every round you know all nine rounds in a row mm-hmm. and i'm like oh yeah i remember that I, I like doing it at the same time it's like intense and brutal so uh if i if i can steal myself for it monday i'm gonna hit that and see how i do uh this this time because i haven't been going since early december when we went to columbia for the mountains of hope thing it it threw off my routine and there's been so much going on now i'm back at it while i'm in town but then there'll be more travel trips coming up uh that uh but as i said i was surprised you know what with both the cardio miracle and the uh, super creatine how fast i got back into it because it was a few days where i'd go in i'm like dude this was easy to get the 60 pulse points because i was like i was like Oh my gosh, I'm not as in good shape. But in like two or three workouts, now I'm like right back where I was. Yeah, dude, yeah, dude. Yeah. So, Mr. Mr. Show Off, <laughs> I'm trying to be an inspiration. <laughs> Y'all are mad at me. That's not what I'm trying to do here. All right, well, let's do a homeopathic hit before we wrap it up and hit the bonus round. Playing all of the homeopathic hits every day, right here on the Robert Scott Bell Show. This homeopathic hit is not just for the fish. It's fucus vesiculosis. <laughs> if you can see it, a funny cartoon version of it, it's basically, you know, the seaweed that has those little air bubbles made on it? That, that's, uh, yeah, it's a sea vegetation, a sea vegetable, a seaweed that is also a homeopathic remedy. And it's a very cute one, fucus vesiculosis. And I want to thank Trinity School of Natural Health, Foley and PX, and Nutritional Frontiers for their support of this 
message of empowerment, in addition to all the wonderful things they do, we get to relate some other empowering remedies that you can learn about. I know they're short bursts, but get you started. So if we can get to the PDF version, you guys can download it from today's show notes on the 18th of January, 2024. Or if you're a patron supporter, you can watch this at your leisure every week. Super Don catches up and puts them up there for you, the video version of this, including this document. Fucus vesiculosis, often indicated for metabolic balance issues and thyroid support. And this is a homeopathic remedy used for supporting metabolic balance, thyroid health, and a few other things. And uh, if we go to the origin point of it, it's known as the bladder rack or sea kelp. And, and I, I, you know, sea kelp like off of the, in the Pacific Ocean, like California coast, there's a lot of sea kelp and wildlife seals will go through it. But this is sea kelp, right? You can eat it. I love seaweed, but it can also be used as a homeopathic medicine in its highly dilute form, focusing on support for thyroid function and other metabolic regulatory issues. So key characteristics include for fucus vesiculosis, Effectiveness in treating issues or addressing issues related to thyroid health, such as goiter and hypothyroidism, and in aiding weight management. Sometimes that's related. It's also indicated for some digestive disturbances linked to these metabolic imbalances. And mentally, there may be a general state of sluggishness or fatigue often related to these things, these metabolic issues. So if we look at primary uses, we just list three. Again, it's not comprehensive. There's a lot more you can research on this, but let's get started here. Thyroid support particularly effective for managing symptoms related to underactive thyroid function. And that might include weight gain, fatigue, and cold sensitivity. For metabolic balance, uh, we talk about aiding weight management and overall metabolic health. And this would be a lot safer than uh, you know what, Ozempic what? Uh, digestive health, sometimes indicated for digestive issues linked to these similar metabolic and thyroid imbalances. So these are some primary uses you can research and say, hey, maybe I could try that, see if it'll help. Now you can utilize a low potency like 10X, for instance, or 15X or 12C, just on a regular basis, one, two, three times a day to see how it goes. You can go to higher potencies, you know, dealing with deep-seated chronic issues, and that's fine. But if you'd like, you know, seek out a homeopath that can help you there if you would, unless you become as skilled enough to do it yourself. Complementary remedies, there are a few. Calcarea carbonica, it's often used alongside fucus uh, for weight management and thyroid support, especially if you have a tendency towards the sluggish metabolism. Lycopodium, one of my favorite remedies I use for digestive issues and pancreas issues. It's also useful for, because you see that, digestive disturbances, some metabolic issues complementing the fucus uh, use, if you will. And two that are most obvious, I think, when you talk about thyroid is homeopathic iodine, iodum. That's an adjunct support for the thyroid and other things. And thyroidinum, which is, uh, basically the gland, thyroid gland from a sheep desiccated and converted into homeopathic form for support directly for the thyroid. So those are some considerations. And it's safe in a homeopathic form, of course. You can actually eat seaweed, uh, but in this case, you're taking it as a homeopathic remedy. Um, if you have very severe thyroid metabolic conditions, you might want to seek out the help of someone hopefully holistic to help you there as well. Uh, but this is not, you know, it doesn't interfere with any medications or the things. You might need less of those as you improve though. But if symptoms persist or worsen, please consider consulting a health professional of your choice. And so as we wrap up this homeopathic hit of the day from this sea vegetation or vegetable, fucus vesiculosis, valuable homeopathic remedy, particularly effective for supporting thyroid health, uh, aiding in other metabolic issues and improving digestive health. So if you would, please share the good news and share the Robert Scott Bell Show as well and keep tuning in for more homeopathic hits every day we go live 
on the show. And remember, it's an education forum. It's an information forum. It's not necessarily to replace a doctor if you want one, have one or need one. And uh, I believe in your freedom to choose. And that's what I'm supporting here. Thanks again to Trinity School of Natural Health, trinityschool.org, foliumpx, foliumpx.com, and nutritionalfrontiers.com for supporting our ability to make these messages available and hopefully easily accessible to you. Again, the PDFs available free and for download in the show notes and then later as the video sequence so you can hear it as well as see it. Uh, and that's if you become a patron supporter of the Robert Scott Bell Show as little as, what, $4.99 a month. You can pay a whole year in advance. And that helps us to do the things like updating and improving the website, which is very exciting. It's going you pay a year in advance, you get a discount. Yeah, so that's, that's true, too. Yeah. So, yeah, the website. Looking forward to that. That's going to be cool. Yeah. Any other uh, comments, questions from the various chat rooms as we're wrapping up today, our uh, broadcast? No. Nope. Rumble quiet? Rumble is quiet. Okay. Hmm. Well, it's been a chill second hour. We, we kind of like found an hour we didn't know we would have. I don't know what happened to the guest. Yeah, but, I don't know. Yeah. I will find out. We'll just get him rescheduled. So I'm going to cross this off. So he's not counted as a new guest because he didn't. So we're, we're still at 1888 now. Well, was that yesterday? Uh, yeah, was yesterday, I think, was it? Yeah, you're right. Yeah. And and Super Don, we, we count each guest once. So that means Jonathan Ebord doesn't count as 1889 because right. he's already been counted once, even though he's appeared regularly for years. So yep. just so you know, there's been a lot more interviews than the 1,888 guests, in other words, because we have multiple appearances by many of those folks. That's right. Some we've lost over the years, and I just think of that sometimes, reminisce on that. Uh, let's see, any other announcements? Again, Friday we have the Elite Health Performance, perform, Athletic Performance webinar, mm -hmm. and that's going to be 7 o'clock Eastern, 4 p.m. Pacific, and sign up for free, even if you can't join us live for that event, because that way you'll have access to the replay of it when it's ready for you. Uh, I would rather have you, even if you have to miss it, to be able to access it than go, I missed it and I can never see it. And it's free. It doesn't cost you anything to do that. So please sign up. Links are in the show notes, I believe, at robertscabell.com. And as we look forward to Friday, tomorrow. we got Joseph Latipo will be on yeah. tomorrow. And Surgeon Michael General Bolden. of Florida. Yep. And Michael Bolden. Dude, you want to talk about a couple of awesome folks that we just like, I'm excited about tomorrow's show already. And then the webinar after that. And then the UFC is going to be on on Saturday, and I'm going to watch it on pay-per-view but not have to pay for and it. And you won't have to pay extra because That's you right. got Q-Streaming. That's right. Show that Q-Streaming link right now, and then we'll take a, a break before we come back for the uh, a bonus round. If you want to support the Robert Scott Bell Show and you want to see every channel you didn't even know you wanted to see, including your church channels and everything else, go to RSB Show 1, the number one, rsbshow1.myqstreaming.com or sign up or take a picture of the image there and it'll take you to it. You can sign up for $59.99 a month. You'll have access to everything and you can get rid of a lot of your other pay whatever's. And even, you know, you can watch any game you want if you like sports and you can do the pay-per-view and not have to act, pay extra for it. $24.95 yep. is the Robert Scott Bell Show channel that I don't know how often it's airing, but Super Don has it plugged in. I'm uh, still working on a, I got to get a system <laughs> to where I can, because I, I can't, I don't want it to, to, rely on my internet right uh, to stream way. 24 hours a day right. seven days a week yeah uh, so i'm still trying to figure that out so it's off and on right now mm -hmm. um, it's on every day when we're live for yeah. sure cool. um 
But as far as the 24-hour stream, I've still got to work on that. All right. Well, thanks, y'all, for being here. Thanks, Leslie. Great show today, she says. Yes. You want more? Bonus rounds next, but we don't hang out just to hang out, so you better bring it. You got a question? You got a comment? Throw it our way, and we'll see where we go before we wrap it up on today's broadcast where the power to heal is still yours. Are we back? Bonus round commences. So you having fun with these here? I try. I try and make sure that every day that we've got something different happening at the end of the show. Yeah. Uh, today it was skiing and snowboarding. Who knows what it'll be tomorrow? Or not tomorrow? Yeah, tomorrow. God, can we tomorrow's Friday already? Flies. <clears throat> mm. Yeah. Pretty wild. And then, um, yeah, not only is UFC on Friday, mm-hmm. but uh, 49ers play uh, the Packers on Friday, yeah. uh, Saturday. Excuse me. Saturday. Saturday, not Friday. So yeah. Saturday, we've got uh, we've got the uh, UFC mm-hmm. and the 49ers Packers game. All right. Playoffs. Athlete. The playoffs are Sports here. Weekend. Yeah. And your team is in. They're in, yeah. yeah. I think the only team they've really got to worry about is Baltimore. So you think they can they can plow through the National Football Conference, the NFC, to get to the Super Bowl? If they if they're playing to their full potential, yeah, yeah. I, I, the the Packers just to do a little football for those of you into it. I know many of you are not, but uh, they were a shocker. They just slacked Dallas. Their Dude. Jordan Love, the replacement for uh, uh, what was the other guy, the former quarterback. Hall of Famer, outspoken guy we like. Aaron Rodgers? Aaron Rodgers, yeah. He He's with the him. Jets now. But yeah, yeah. But, but I'm telling you, this Jordan Love came on like, oh, my gosh, this guy's good. He, I don't know how they'll play against San Francisco, but, dude, they're not going to be a pushover team to beat, I don't think, based on what I saw them do in Dallas. Yeah. Not they to make are, you nervous. But. They are. Well, you know, listen, to be fair, you know, I mean, I'm realistic. Mm-hmm. Uh, in football, and, and like with most sports, yeah, you know, one team can beat the other team on any given day. It just, you know, it depends on how the teams play. If they show up and they're in, they're playing their A game. So, yeah. Anyway, it's going to be fun. My father-in-law is a a Green Bay Packers fan, mm-hmm. and so we're going to get. I'm going to go visit be, my sister, um, and then we're going to come back and watch the game. We'll get together and watch the game together. Hopefully. All together. Oh, that'll be fun. We'd be throwing stuff at each other. Yeah, I bought him for Christmas a Green Bay Packers throw blanket. Oh, nice. So. He's going to be trying to bury you in it, so be yeah, careful. Yeah, wrap me up in it or something. So anyway, yeah. that'll be fun. Hopefully, I've been watching a- some of those um, GoPro video things like you do, and my, my wife really loves that at, 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 during before the bonus round stuff. That's fun. Mm-hmm. Um, but if you see some of the snow that's fallen recently, dude, you're, you're talking about you're falling into fluffy powder that's burying you. you got to be careful out there. It's yep. amazing what's been coming down. Yeah, we got hammered, you know, several days ago, and it's finally it's starting to melt. Um, mm-hmm. So it's it's all yucky outside. <laughs> yeah, I think we hit like forty degrees, forty one degrees today, so it's all melting off. Mm-hmm. Which is okay. It's we nice to get... have a rebound, but you know, in the valleys, of course, you want it to melt off. Up in the snow uh, ski arenas, it's likely going to be fine through the winter now. Yeah, so they get some good good ski season. Yep. Yeah. All right, so we're quiet on Rumble. Yep. Uh, Leslie says uh, we're doing great. Thank you. Mm-hmm. And 
Trying to think. We've gone through all the uh, the announcements and the upcoming events. We've previewed the show for tomorrow. Yeah. Lori says it's snowing here. We're supposed to get five inches today. Yeah, that's pretty good. Yeah, get out there. She's got good new windows and doors and everything's good. I know. Good I, the the pictures of the houses they were they were putting it together and working on. It's awesome. Mm -hmm. Very cool. Uh, let's see what else. I don't think I've got anything else. I'm just ready for Friday's show already. Are you? Get ready. Yeah. And then the webinar. So just checking my email, see if there's anything there. Okay. Like you said, we're not going to hang out, just hang out. Sometimes we have a lot to talk about in the bonus round. doesn't matter. But for most of the uh, part of, of, of the show where we plan to cover things, then it's like, well, whatever's extra, whatever's breaking, if there's other news breaking, we'll cover it too. Uh, I just... Uh, with the uh, today's um, unusual Sacred Fire of Liberty, because Jonathan had to do, and I was glad he did, because I want him exposed to more people that don't know him yet. So he had another interview scheduled at the same time as the show. Uh, we, uh, it's just like an open opportunity to just let spirit flow. And I don't even remember half of, or most of what I said. Uh, but usually I'm, in, I'm inspired to talk about going deeper and going beyond the divide, right? How do we deal with, yes, there are genuine differences between us. All of us have different views at points and beliefs. And I just love being able to appreciate people that are different, distinct differences and um, still be friends or family with them. Love them, you know? And, and I, I think we're called to that more than we're called for rage and hatred and all of that stuff. And yeah, everybody could be vulnerable to it while we're here. But I think we can maybe support each other to kind of see beyond it. To, to see through it, to not feel so pressured or, or, or preyed upon to react to it emotionally and then end up harming ourselves or others, even inadvertently. So I know it's a challenge. Look, I, you know, it's a challenge for me sometimes too. So I'm not above it when I say this stuff. It isn't me preaching from uh, some mountain somewhere. I'm just talking about being in it and recognizing it for hopefully for what it is so that uh, I, I don't fall prey to it either. Not you. <laughs> you couldn't do that. All right. We wouldn't let you. I think, uh, let's see here. Diana wins the weather. 74 in Arizona, and my broccoli, tomatoes, and lettuces are coming in beautifully. By the way, my wife harvested Swiss chard last night, and yeah. I harvested carrots, as I mentioned. So we're still harvesting stuff uh, through the winter. Some that we grew in the summer that's still in the ground outside, like carrots, and some of the stuff that we've moved inside into the uh, greenhouses. So uh, it's, it's lovely and fun. And, and also tonight we've got potatoes that we grew and they're just stored in the, in the garage where it's cool, like a big refrigerator in the winter. Uh, so we don't have to even put them in the fridge and they're ready to go for a delicious meal tonight. So it, as you get better and better at growing and, and figuring out how to store it, I mean, I, I, I look back at where I was a few years ago, we weren't here. We weren't at the point where we could, reduce our, some of our expenditures. Um, the other thing, because we had that freeze dryer gifted to us from Allison, you know, super support of the show. Um, we now will go to the butcher and get organic grass fed, uh, ground beef and liver. And then we'll, you know, flatten it or cut it out into little pieces and we'll make the cat food from that. We'll dehydrate it or, or freeze dry it. And so we'll have a month's worth of food for the cat at like, 
I don't know, between five and 10 bucks. The end result being that, you know, if you paid for that quality from other brands that are out there, it'd be like 50, 60, 70 bucks. Think about that. There are ways to be more efficient in utilizing our resources, even in the midst of things becoming more expensive because of the tanking economy or the Federal Reserve System. By the way, speaking of that, uh, I did see Trump came out and said he would never allow for central bank digital currency. Did you see that? I did see that, yes. Yeah. Um, that alone is a significant statement. If it's true or not, I hope it is. Uh, but that there will be a, a significant pushback against the World Economic Forum if he were the one to win. Not Again, I'm not saying that he's the ideal candidate. There is no, no such thing as the political savior. But I will acknowledge some distinctions and differences in er certain areas where we go, yeah, I like that. Certain areas where we go, no, I don't like that. But let's just be able to disseminate information that goes beyond personality. I don't know if that's possible for everybody, but I'd like to see that we do better at that. Yes, sir. Stacy, lucky cat spot probably smells better than cat food. Yeah, it really, <laughs> when it's freeze dried, it doesn't have much of an odor at all. And what we do is we just add some uh, water. Uh, usually I'll, I'll warm the water up and it's like a fresh kill for the cat. Loves it. Nice. And we add some, by the way, what we sprinkle on the uh, food before we dry it is the missing link that we get from Jonathan at cheesetobehealthy.com. Because that trace element compounds uh, is baseline for everything. So that missing link is something we sprinkle on the food before we even freeze dry it. And it just dries right into the food. So they have the minerals. Cool. Yeah. All righty. Leslie's going to get a freeze dryer after she finishes the house. Oh, nice. You know, I've seen them like... Those are on, not cheap. No, they're not. But I've seen them on the secondhand market, like on Facebook uh, Marketplace or other things like that. And the, sometimes you can get a deal on a perfectly good freeze dryer. Uh, and you're buying it, yes, used. But if they've taken care of it, it works just fine. Uh, so there are other, other ways to be creative in... You know, other ways that you can even on those marketplaces trade, like maybe you have something of value. It can, it doesn't always have to be an exchange of Federal Reserve notes, right? Uh, just think creatively about how you desire something. You don't know how you're going to get it because you don't have the money for it, but maybe you have something of value that and we got to get back to that concept of a barter economy as well. And it shouldn't always be about the ease of here's some paper, change it out. And I realize that's convenient and easy. It's been our lives for as long as we've been here, but think creatively outside that um, Federal Reserve note box, and you might be able to get things in ways you didn't think you could. All righty then. Okay. You guys ready? Take a break till tomorrow. We got a great show. Dr. Joseph Latipo and Michael Bolden on the Robert Scott Bell Show Friday, heading into the weekend. How cool is that? I don't know who we're doing for the Sunday conversation, so y'all speak up. I thought I had somebody, but they're not available, so. We'll figure some out. Yeah. Yeah. The freeze dried apricots, Leslie, they're still amazing. <laughs> Everybody, I don't, everybody no one, wants no them, one yeah. got them and said, Ooh, yuck. Everyone was like, Ooh, they were gone in a heartbeat. <laughs> yeah. In one sitting easily. Right. Yeah. That was special. Well, yeah. uh, maybe we'll have another bumper crop uh, this coming summer. We'll see. We'll do another giveaway. Mm -hmm. That'd be fun. Yeah. All right, y'all. Thanks for hanging out. Share the show, please. Join us on our Patreon. Uh, Next Wednesday, uh, Zoom AMA, and this Friday for the Elite Athletic Performance Webinar as well. All that's linked up at the show notes, robertscottbell.com. See you all tomorrow.